So here it is, the joy of six, something all Liverpool fans are still basking in the afterglow of. In fact, it was such a nice end to the season with Man United fans and Liverpool fans getting to feel, share the feeling of the joy of six at the end of the season. Ed47 tells me the joy of six is a great film, much better than the book, though apparently the book is much more educational. I think he might have misheard me, which seems to be a thing on here, judging by some of the questions I'm getting asked about my accent. I did wonder if that would be a problem, as I found out here very few people understand the word I say. It has been like that from the start. I was in a shop when I first got out here looking to buy some sink and blocking stuff and I couldn't see it anywhere. So I asked, and after about 10 minutes of trying to make the staff understand what it was I was after, another customer spoke to one of them and they immediately pointed out what I wanted. Turns out the lady who helped spoke no English, just French, but she could understand me better than the three staff members who spoke excellent English and they could understand her speaking French better than me speaking English. Which probably explains why a few months later, when I was waiting to get it, waiting for the lift in a block of apartments, I was at the bottom and this old guy came over, old Arabic guy, and he said, Assalamu alaikum. I said, all right, mate. And he just looked at me blank. I said, you all right, mate? And he just totally blank, just stared at me, open-eyed, open-bouthed, I mean. And the lift came at this point. We got in, I said, you all right, mate? Do you know which floor you're going to? And he just stared at me again, totally blank didn't have a clue and then all of a sudden it was like a light bulb went on and he looked at me and he went ah french do you speak english like that i was like you cheeky get i am bloody english the best of it was he didn't speak any english anyway but at least no one out here accuses me of sounding welsh so that's one thing anyway on to the first questions today which is from Longding76 from the Liverpool site, and it is, when a club find a player for being late or other problems, do the club keep the money? It really it depends on the club and sometimes what the fine is for. For minor infractions at a lot of clubs, the money is put in a pot and used to pay for a Christmas party for the players. Some clubs will give the money to charity, depending on what, again, what the fine's for, and others will just keep it. The second question is also from the Liverpool site, but this time it is Man on the Moon who asks, who's the next big thing? By that I mean, who's the next Mbappe, Dembele, etc, etc. Are there any really good young players the media haven't overhyped that we haven't heard much of yet that you think could possibly break through this season? Also, English-British-wise, who's the best future talent looking at making a decent career in the game? Do Liverpool have any we should be looking out for? This kind of question can be really difficult to answer. I mean, how on earth do I know which players you've heard much about? You know, I can't read your mind, like. And there are lots of young players around, but almost none are flying under the radar. As we've seen with the likes of Harvey Elliott, Ethan Ampadu, as soon as they get near the first team, a big club swoops in to buy them, and there's hype everywhere. The game is all hype right now, and it's really getting more and more difficult to tell who's going to have a decent career. There are none standing out that are not in the papers as the new Messi or whatever every time they play. You only have to look at Sancho, a few sub-appearances and he was getting non-stop coverage. I mean, the outstanding young talent at the moment, other than Mbappe, is probably um, Joe Felix, which is why they paid over £100 million for him at Atletico. Now, a Leeds, question, a Leeds site question for, about the sites in general from Alf Tupper, who wants to know how many ads oversees the, oversee the websites and how does one go about com- becoming an ad. I think there are about 10 ads currently, and anyone interested in becoming an ad just needs to use the contact form to inquire. 
Then we would take a look back at their posting history to see how they have conducted themselves. Secondly, we would consider needs if some teams don't have an editor who supports that club, whereas there are plenty of Liverpool editors, and so we would not be looking to bring any more of those on board. If we believe they fit the profile that we are looking for, then we would get in contact with details how they can get involved as an editor. For instance, if you're in test health, having already spoken to you plenty on the Leeds site and knowing you fairly well, plus we are currently short of a Leeds ed as Ed13 no longer comes on an edit, sadly, let me know and I'll get Ed33 to contact you with the details of the next step. Next on to a question from all Leeds fans' second favourite team site. Yep, Manchester United. And Mumbles asks, over the years, what youth player had you high hopes for at any club that didn't fulfil their potential? And was it true that Liverpool wanted to sign a player from Hartchester United in the past? There are loads of youth players that disappointed. Baxter at Everton, Roster from Liverpool, Ravel Morrison from Manchester United, just off the top of my head. There are a lot more players that fail to reach their potential than there are that achieve it. The ones that are good to see are the ones like Cody who seem to have lost their way and then they get back up to the Prem and perform like they should do. As for the Hartchester United thing, that's just an indicator of how bad newspapers are when it comes to reporting genuine news rather than just nonsense. The Sky Show Dream Team ran a story about Hartchester United were trying to sign a player from France and had to beat competition from Liverpool for his signature. The next morning after the show, the tabloids were reporting interest from Liverpool in signing this player from France. The problem was he never existed and was one of the characters made up for the show. It's kind of crap you expect Guillaume Balaguer to come out with now, but it shows it's been happening for many years. On to another Man United site question, this time from Ragav. Ragav? Yeah, you'll have to let me know how to pronounce this one. I'm terrible with pronunciations in case you haven't noticed. Who has a two-part question anyway? A. Maybe this has been asked before, but how did you and the other Eds decide to start this website? Did you guys know each other before and hence the idea to start this? Well, I'll answer this part first before moving on to the second part. I've been friends with Ed33 Phil for a long time and it was me and him who set up the original site. He was at uni studying web design or something along those lines and he did an idea for a site for a project for the course. I came up with the idea of doing something football based and he was not really into footy. Then after a bit of, of thought, came up with the idea for a rumour site. The thinking was people could send in rumours they adhered to be dissected by other people to see if there was any truth in them. In those days, there were no other rumour sites. The newspapers didn't really cover rumours either. So we got in and, and then everyone realised we had something there and jumped on the idea before we had time to get properly established. When we were first getting going, a lot of papers and other sites were just nixed off offers. Some would give us credit, such as The Guardian and a Latvian site, for some links with Stepanov's leaving Arsenal, which gives you an idea how long ago I'm talking about. Mostly, though, people just steal without crediting. <coughs> Balagay, cool. Now to the second part, B. I guess you write a lot of player profiles that we posters ask for. How exactly do you watch these players? Do you watch replays of the games? What are the basic attributes that you keep an eye out for while doing this? It does depend on the player. I have a minimum limit of 10 full games, unless I can't find that many, or there is another reason for not watching 10 games, in which I will say so. Such as when I was watching Seri, who was being linked to Barcelona at the time, and saw one game with him playing in League One. He was just so dire that I decided to do a quick profile on him as it shocked me he was being linked with all on Sunday. I'd assumed I was missing something or he had had an off day. I never saw him again until he joined Fulham when he played exactly like the player I saw in League One. Dreadful. 
if I've seen them play 10 times or more in the past, I would just watch one game where I sit and watch just them to ensure I haven't missed anything. Once I have those 10 games in the bag, I will then go watch a few YouTube highlight reels just, just to see if they have picked out anything I've missed. You never know what someone else has seen that you might have missed. Though that has so far been a total waste of time, I'm loath to drop it, as I tend to spot the weaknesses far more easily than the strengths. After that, I go on Scout, check out the players' stats and some of the scouting reels they have in case they pick out something new. Then I put it together. I tend to look at how they are physically, technically and mentally in the main. If I was going to watch them live, I would also want to look at the social aspect, the interaction with teammates and staff, etc. If I can find training footage, I'll watch to see that, but it's difficult to ascertain from video footage. That is something you do really need to be there to see in the flesh. In many respects, video footage is better to use to watch a player, as it is very easy to get caught up in the game when they're live, and the emotion of the crowd can influence your viewpoint. But seeing how players interact with each other during the warm-up and cool-down is something you need to be there to see, as it's never covered in the footage available, sadly. Now it is back to the Liverpool site, and Axia, who asks who my first crush was and who is my last. Oh, my first and last love will always be Liverpool FC. Another Liverpool question comes from Sean who wants to know, In your opinion, are agents a blight on the game or a necessary evil? Which Premier League team has made the single best sign in this transfer window and why? Well, agents are almost entirely a blight on the game and are certainly not a necessary evil. Players have a union that can do almost everything an agent can do, if not everything. The best signing, though, is between Rodri and Billy and Aaron Wan-Bissaka in the short term, though I do think Fournells will turn out to be an excellent addition in the long term. I'm going to say Billy and Wan-Bissaka have to be ahead of Rodri, simply because they're going to make a bigger difference to the team they have joined. Rodri is an upgrade on Fernandinho, but not a huge upgrade like Billy is on Wanyama, etc., or Wan-Bissaka is over Valencia or Young. I'm going to plump for Endon Billy because he is such a phenomenal player. Another Liverpool one now from Eric the Red. And he asks, can I ask you to rate the managers from the top six clubs' performance in the transfer market? Who's the most astute? And if Pochett Spears is actually buying the players or if it's Levy? Thanks, and I love this new feature. Keep it up. Well, this is a really difficult question to answer because only Liverpool and Manchester City have managers who actually control their club's transfer policy. Even those two are not actually doing the transfer business and like the old days, they're just picking the players to target. It's no longer the manager's job. There is a whole recruitment department putting together lists of potential players. So it's not really about who is the most astute. It's about who has the best recruitment department putting together the best statistical models to identify the right players for the club. A fourth in a row is coming from the Liverpool site. It's coming from Tyler Rano. Tyler Anno, even. And he asks, in reference to the Community Shield, Hi Ed, I was just going to ask your opinion on the Liverpool fans booing the National Anthem, mate. I was embarrassed by it, to be honest. Understand that the city has had a broad deal with the establishment, but we should all be respectful and show tolerance. Booing the National Anthem is uncalled for. What's your opinion, Ed? I am disagree. I'm sorry, but you said it yourself. The city was treated despicably by the government and has every right to show their distaste. Just like Man City fans have whenever an EUA anthem is played. Why should we show respect to something that has not earned it? You show respect when somebody's earned it. In fact, it is fully, in fact, if anything, the country's in the city's disrespect. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Why should anyone be behind the Queen anyway? What's she done for anyone apart from take money from us all in the form of taxes to pay for her extravagant lifestyle? God save the Queen, my ass.
And it seems to be a run on Liverpool posters because this time it's Eamon SF, whose question is, apart from Mbappe, which youngsters do you think will reach the upper echelons of the game? There are quite a few with the potential. Vinicius Jr., Senga Sunder, uh, Moise Keane, etc. Taking the cut-off as the age 20 even, the list is still huge. I mean, Kai Havertz, Jaden Sancho, Joe Felix, Pulisic, Ibrahim Kanate, Declan Rice, Saniolo, Hudson-Odoi, Hakimi, Upamecano, Zagadou, Foden, Rodrigo Real Madrid, not the Man City midfielder, uh, Malang Sarr, Alwyn Lafont, Max Ahrens is another one, the Norwich fullback. I'm sure there are more, but I can't think of any more. Uh, actually, I take that back. Ampadu, nearly forgot him, and he is really classy. Reminds me a lot of what Nathan Ake would be like if Ake was actually as good as he is hyped up to be. Away from the Liverpool posters, this time it's a Man United poster, the Rivian, who asks, can you mention any of the any one of the craziest posts you ever had to edit in this site? I'd say the craziest was probably back in the early days of the Liverpool site, when a poster was claiming to be Liverpool legend Phil Neal, to argue with any bit of info I put out. It didn't matter what it was I said, he claimed to be Phil Neal and he knew I was wrong because he was Phil Neal. Except there was just one issue, with one time he was posting... And Neil was on the golf course playing a round of golf with my uncle. So I phoned up Arjan, and as I'm sure you can guess, Phil Neil was definitely not posting on the site at that moment. Even when I pointed that out, the fake Neil still argued and got extremely abusive about it. I don't know why he didn't just admit it as he was caught red-handed. Another question from the Rivian is, have you ever met Sir Alex? What was he like in person? I haven't met him to speak to, sorry. So no, I don't know. Right, now back to the Liverpool site and a question from Stone, which is, yesterday you addressed the Glazers' exit strategy. What about FSG? They would make a huge profit selling now, but if Liverpool win the league, can you see them cashing in? I'm of the opinion that they may be in for the long haul. Well, actually, they've just spoke, They've literally recently spoken to Lakshmi Mittal, the, the Indian billionaire, about investing in a Citigroup-style conglomerate together. So right now, I don't think they're looking to sell up, but instead double down on their investments, so to speak, and actually increase their holdings. Another Liverpool question now, this time from Denzel, whose question is a little different from the norm. Just a quick one about mental health in top sports people. This is a massive issue and one I can only see getting worse. Even at a very low level, that feeling of scoring, winning and being in a team cannot be replaced. It's like a drug and the come down is difficult. What do you think the answer is? My thoughts would be keeping young sports people grounded, working in the community and giving back to others. I don't know if you've watched the Sky documentary on Bubba Watson, but well worth the watch. That's the feeling of self-worth that is beyond anything. I haven't seen the documentary you're referring to and I've no idea who Bubba Watson is either, but I do think you are correct. The community and or charity work gives them something else in their life to give it meaning. Something that can give them motive to carry on getting up each morning if their career ends or if they get a long-term injury. Otherwise, it's easy to spiral down into addiction or depression if all there is in life is the sport itself and that's taken from them, even if only for a few months. The Glasgow Ranger from, surprisingly the Rangers site, asks, Do you expect Rangers to buy Kent if they manage to qualify for Europa League? a Europa League group stage even, on August 29th, or at least make an attempt to. I'm sure they'll try to. Yeah, definitely, so yes. Another Man United site question is from 01Jamham, and he or she asks, With Eden Hazard leaving, the league has lost an exciting player to watch. 
Which new player are you most looking forward to seeing in the Premier League this season? Pepe seems to be a clinical finisher from watching some of his highlights from last season, so he would be my pick. I do like Pepe, but I'm going to go with someone I haven't seen play before. So that rules out Keane, Catroni, Fernandes, Pepe, etc. And instead pick Gamin, I think it's pronounced, whoever is signed to replace Guy. I've heard a lot of good things about him, so I'm really looking forward to see if he lives up to the billing he is getting. Maybe not an exi- as exciting as an attacker like Pepe, but I like those kind of players. I enjoy watching them. Right, and now back to the Liverpool site for the final question. And Sky Salah, who's asking, Hey Ed, in your opinion, who is the most overrated worst footballer that was brought in from abroad to play in the Premier League for a large sum of money? Thanks, mate. I'm going to go with Fred, as he can't control or pass the ball, ridiculously overhyped, and, yet he, and he costs £50 million. Though Seri runs him very, very close. So there we have it. The Joy 6 is over. It is always a short-lived buzz. So until next time, goodbye.